0: minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
1: What's going on Packer Nation, welcome into another episode of Pack-A-Day Podcast. Once again, my name is Matt Frelick. Alongside me is the wonderful Janelle Mackey. Janelle, it's nice to see you finally in this new year.
2: Yeah, it's been a while since we've recorded. It's been a
1: while. Um, I think we were one of the lucky ones along with, I know, Zach Jacobson, maybe Jake, and a couple other people that their, um, their episodes, or our episodes, I should say, it's like three, four, five of them, are just, they're stuck in Narnia. They're just gone <laughs> forever. Yep, lost um, episodes. Lost episodes. Ours was not technology A a fluke in that. It was because of, uh, obviously, the Matt LaFleur um, signing, which is great. Uh, The news that's came out from that in the last, I guess it would be two weeks, exactly two weeks now, has been amazing. Um, Really excited to have him along on the team and young, brilliant mind to run that offense. But um, our episode today is actually about the linebacking crew and we're probably just going to stick maybe 25 minutes just talking about Kyler Fackrell.
0: (laughs) I think that would be the best
1: way to um, just really... I would feel good about it for myself because I've been very hard on Kyler Fackrell for a long time, well and before we started this Pack-A-Day podcast, and all of a sudden it comes around full circle after three years, and lo and behold, he leads the team in sacks for the year.
2: Yeah, only one in double digits. So. Only one in double digits, yeah. exactly. So welcome to the Kyler Fackrell show. Yeah, but <laughs> and ep- we'll talk about a couple other linebackers yeah. maybe if they're lucky.
1: <laughs> Episode 181, the Kyler Fackrell um, highlight reel. So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the coaching changes that happened other than Matt LaFleur. Um, so we go back a little ways as far as things that you know do affect the, um, the linebacking group where at least defense as a whole. So Winston Moss is obviously not on the team anymore. We all know how that shook down after Mike McCarthy was um, fired. Joe Philbin followed suit a few days later and told him, you know, to get lost as well. And um, he was the outside linebacker coach as long, uh, you know, as addition to the uh, associate head coach. Um, flash forward now, you know, the last few days. It looks like Patrick Graham. Um, he's the linebacker coach. Excuse me, inside linebacker coach, more than likely headed to Miami um, following the season. Uh, the reason it's more than likely is because Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator for the the Patriots, um, he's in the Super Bowl, so they're not going to let yeah, him. Kind of,
0: busy. they're a little busy.
1: They're not going to let him interview. And um, uh, but it sounds like they've had a relationship in the past working together. Sounds like Patrick Graham will head down there and be the defensive coordinator down in Miami. Um, he only spent one season with the Packers. Um, I'm assuming him and Pettin had some background, I didn't really go deep into that, but um, lo and behold, the Packers do have a new linebacking coach that will be affecting all the men we're going to be talking about in this episode, and that is Kurt Olavadadi. I got that right. Yeah, uh, had to look
2: that one up to pronounce definitely it Definitely had to look it up.
1: So, formerly of the Redskins for a long, long time, he actually had been part of the Redskins um, coaching staff since 2000. Um Kind of you know, went up and down as far as where he was within the uh, defensive side of the ball. 2010, coached with Matt LaFleur. Pretty whatever. They're on the opposite sides of the ball. I don't know if they you know, really knew each other, maybe passing the hallways for only nine months working together. Um, and then 2011 to 2013, he actually went to Georgia and came back in 2014 with the Redskins and has been there the last three years um, and is now the linebacker coach for the Packers. So, Janelle, we have a group in place. Um, coming into the season for the Packers, into the 2018 season, it looked like this team was pretty set. It looked like it was, at least this position, there was a lot of depth. Um, you watch that in you know, mini-camp, training camps, family nights, preseason games especially. There were some guys that flew off the screen. Um, let's start with the outside linebacking core. I know there's a couple guys that I notice off that group, but um, let's go. Let's talk about who's currently on the roster for the outside linebackers and what they did this past year.
2: All right. Yeah. Well, I think it's fair to start with the veteran. We'll talk about Clay Matthews. Um, kind of worried about how this year is going to go for him. Obviously, he's on a contract year, so he'll now be an unrestricted free agent. So he was kind of under pressure to really perform and. It didn't seem like he was very present, but he was also present at crucial times. He yes. did have, obviously, those really unfortunate calls in his favor once he would finally find the quarterback, but I don't think he had a horrible year, but he obviously is kind. Of, he's getting up there in age and his game is slowing down a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: 43 total tackles, 28 solo, three and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Not Not a very big year for him, but... I mean, better than a lot of the linebacking crew, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: yeah, he actually sticks out a little bit.
2: Yeah, I I think compared to his past, like, this is a bummer year for him, but I personally don't think he had, like, an awful year.
1: No. So... He, like you said, he's 32. Uh, I'm not sure when his, you know, his birthday is. Maybe he's 33 by the year, the, by by the time the season starts. But mind you, the last year, year and a half for me, personally... As far as being critical on players, I guess we'll stick to the outside linebacking position. Kyler Fackle's one, Clay Matthews is you know in that line as well, and I would be even more critical on him than Fackel because he is a star, getting paid you know five years, sixty-five million dollars. You would expect that to you know have some high-level production on the field. You um, know, I thought this year was. It was overshadowed a little bit maybe by the, like you had mentioned, um, critical moments with the the penalties by Clay Matthews. I thought he had some... I thought early on in the year he had some big games. Um, And then as towards the end of the year, I didn't really see him that often. Um,
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. Like, his presence kind of dwindled. Yeah. But, I mean... That kind of seemed the whole team like momentum, everything was just going downhill. So Absolutely. But as a veteran on the team, you have to keep performing at a high level even even when the team is kind of in a slump.
1: For sure. And the last thing I'll say about Clay, I guess, for me, is I was impressed this year, but then when you talk about his stats, like maybe my expectations of Clay are just kind of just completely screwed up at this point if I'm really impressed by forty plus tackles and a couple sacks and one forced fumble. I, I'd, I I'd, that, That's probably a problem on my end, honestly. Yeah,
2: which unfortunately, 40-some tackles is a lot yeah. for this.
1: compared to the rest of the For the team. whole crew. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. We'll
2: move on to the big star mm-hmm. of the year. Yep. I'll talk about number 51, Kyler Fackrell. He only had 42 total tackles, but he broke He broke the double-digit number. He had ten and a half sacks on the year. I think, like, four of them were against the Dolphins Mm -hmm. or something like that. So um, he kind of rose from the ashes. This Mm -hmm. kid that everyone was like, oh, who is this guy? And kind of had doubts about how he was going to play. And all of a sudden throughout the year, he just got better and better in the hype. And, I mean, maybe it's just a star year for him, or maybe he's really turning his game around he'll be a big player. It's kind of...
1: Yeah, you can chalk that to a couple things. Maybe if we're trying to, you know, say why it happened. Going into his third year, so that's big. Um, Maybe a different, you know, regime with Mike Pettin in there. Possibly that, you know, Dom Capers wasn't adjusting his scheme to Kyler Facko. Maybe Kyler Facko wasn't getting it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for everyone out there that had um, a bet, through Vegas that Kyler Fackle would get more than ten sacks. I mean, kudos to you. I'm sure that paid big <laughs> money for you. So uh, it'll be interesting as we get you know later on in this podcast to talk about where Kyler Fackel fits in um, coming into next year.
2: Yeah, especially like I mean, we just talked about Clay. Clay had 43 tackles. Fackler had 42. Mm-hmm. Clay had 28 solo. Fackel had 26. So those numbers are like Clay had. 14 assisted sacks, Fackrell had 13, so mm-hmm. until you get it, to the actual sacks, then that's where Fackrell's number really jumps out. Definitely,
1: and Clay Matthews started all 16 games. Mm-hmm. Kyler Fackrell played in all 16, but only started 7, so like, I know it's not a huge discrepancy, but there's obviously a lot more PT going on than... You know, yeah, Those numbers look very comparable until you get to the sacks, exactly. and then you look at how many times around the field, like, comparison doesn't really and jive. And then you
2: remember that Fackrell is, like you said, in his third year, mm-hmm. and Clay Matthews is in his third decade, so... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, we'll move on to uh, another respectable outside linebacker, uh, mm-hmm. Reggie Gilbert, yeah. who I actually think is... he's okay at his job. He's
1: okay, I mean, this would have been one of the people that I was talking about had a big preseason. I think it was the third or fourth season, third or fourth preseason game, and it was it was it was the Raiders game, and he was just flying around. I mean, maybe that's credit to Reggie Gilbert, or maybe that's a dig on the Raiders you know, offensive line. I think in August we could have probably said, "Yeah, Reggie Gilbert's awesome," and now in January, like, "Yeah, the Raiders suck." Like they're they couldn't block anyone. So. Reggie Gilbert is a free agent after this year. I, I doubt he'll be on the team. Maybe we'll see if he would get a roster spot but at this point I would say you know, he's
2: replaceable. He's
1: replaceable. You know, you're going to get him for super, super cheap. He is a body. I mean, he's kind of a freak um, but again he will be going into his third year and what do we see from Kyler Fackrell now we're talking about in his third year. Exactly. Uh-huh.
2: So um, I guess we'll kind of stick with the outside linebackers, but jump to Nick Perry, who ended the year on IR. Sure. Um, Nick Perry, I'm sorry, but he is one of my most disappointing players of the year. Yeah. So it's a... bust. Um, I expected so much more from him. Very disappointed. And then yes, he ended up on IR, but I was very disappointed. Like he, I don't remember ever hearing his name. Like he just wasn't present. So. No. Sorry to all the Nick Perry lovers out there, but I was very disappointed in him this year.
1: I know one Nick Perry lover and buddy I went to high school with, and the only reason he's a big Nick Perry lover, I think, is because he was like highly graded on some website, and then going into the draft, mm-hmm. when the Packers drafted him, and then the Packers ended up still getting him in the first round, and he thought it was a great pick. Outside of that, I don't really know many Nick Perry lovers, unless like... you're a lover of your team having you know a stud five you know, five year sixty million dollar guy sitting on IR, then yeah.
2: Yeah, P- and a couple years ago when him and Matthews were healthy at the same time, I loved them together. Yeah. I thought they worked really well together on the line. Like if Clay gets a little extra pressure, Perry's gonna find the quarterback. And mm-hmm. Perry plays better with a club on his hand, he in does. my opinion. He I don't absolutely know why, does. but that seems to be the key factor in his game. So I don't know. I think that was another issue too is with like back in the day a couple of years ago if Matthews was hurt Perry wasn't present and vice versa now Perry we give him all this money and mm-hmm. he's on IR and not putting out numbers 24 yeah. total tackles he had one and a half sacks I don't exactly remember how many games total he played before he got hurt but I'm sorry
1: yeah he's he's he
2: so- he not worth the money that no. was given to him.
1: Second highest paid player on the team behind Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, like I said, five year, sixty million dollar contract. He signed in twenty seventeen. He'll be going to that third year. Um, I was looking earlier today, and in the third, fourth, and fifth year, I think his contract went up to about fourteen million per. So going to this third year, if they actually were to cut him, which I think is there's a, a an extremely extremely strong case to do that. Um, I would say even non-Packer fans, just some websites I was reading, just as far as free agents or whatever, you know, looking at salary cap and money to spend, even some you know non-Packer websites are saying, "Yep, Nick Perry should be gone." Uh, They would see save, I believe, three point three million dollars if they were to cut him. Um, You know, I don't dead cap and whatever is, they're they're going to save some money regardless, and I think it's it's worth it to do it. Um, I just don't. I don't see that he's worth it. He's there's clearly other guys. One, Kyler Fackrell again. Keep plugging his name. Um, that should get more playing time, and you can get way cheaper. Um, Kyler Fackrell is going into his contract year in the 2019 season, so you're going to get him for cheap if he can perform again, get 10 plus sacks. Let's see, let's see what happens. When you get at him, but I think I think Nick Perry's gone. Injury, like you said, injury prone, not productive. When he's on the actual field and when he's off the field. I mean, he's he's hurt for every other reason. It's from hip to knee to hand to whatever else you want to call it.
2: Exactly. So I don't plan on seeing him around no, much longer. absolutely not. So we'll move into our inside linebackers. Sure. Um, we'll start with arguably the best linebacker on the squad, Blake mm-hmm. Martinez. Only one to break. Over, well nobody but him it looks like yeah. broke 50 tackles for the linebackers he, yep yeah and he had 144 78 solo five sacks not a bad year mm-hmm. I actually I as the years go on Blake Martinez becomes one of my favorite players to watch he's like, consistent yeah and he's, he's got great energy out there and he's like he just plays with aggression like mm-hmm. aggression I mm-hmm. I love watching him and he's all over the place so he's always he finds the ball and yeah tries to make the tackle so
1: absolutely absolutely I think,
2: and he's what like going into his fourth year I believe so yeah so I'm excited to see where he'll be um he's still on his rookie contract mm-hmm. and I I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Martinez obviously he stands out when you're looking at all the stats yeah like his numbers are crazy, minus mm-hmm. the sacks. Obviously, that goes to Kyler Fackrell. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> but still, like, five
1: sacks for an inside yeah. linebacker in a three-four defense isn't. I mean, any defense really isn't bad. Like yeah. that's actually very productive. I mean, not very productive, but it's solid. It's not like he's yeah. zero or one. I mean,
2: he had he leads or he's uh, second behind Fackrell four mm-hmm. sacks on the year. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of bad things I can say about no. Martinez's year. He definitely stepped up as a younger player. So. A lot of these veterans he's playing with, like Perry and Matthews, um, I think he did a great job kind of stepping into his role these last couple years, mm-hmm. and I think he's only going to get better moving forward.
1: Yeah, and it seems like since you know A.J. Hawk was gone to Blake Martinez, there's been no, you know, there's been, I guess, no lull. There's been consistency at the linebacker position from both of those guys. Um, not to compare them, but you know, Blake Martinez has been very consistent. Love love what he's doing out there. He said 144 tackles. Um, do you know who was second on the team in tackles by, at all, Janelle? It was a hint, because I see you looking at your notes. It's not a linebacker. Really? Yeah. Guess who it was.
2: For tackles.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Alexander?
1: J.R. Alexander was second on the team. I think he had like 63 tackles.
2: Only just six does, like doesn't those make those sense numbers just doesn't make sense. <laughs> there's such Everyone, a big gap in... Yeah,
1: there's many, many defensive backs that were up in the top five for tackles on the year. So really strange. Um Blake Martinez also in this is in a contract year um in the twenty nineteen season. So you'd look him to you know, remain consistent if he wants to go get paid um after the twenty nineteen season. Uh next on the list. Oren Burks. Oren Burks, uh rookie. Uh, third on pick, we didn't see a lot from Oren Burks. There was a lot of... I mean, he was injured to start the year, um, and I just don't think... you got. We had enough sample size on Oren Burks for a couple of reasons. One, the defense was... They were always playing him in sub packages, so he was always playing in like... It was either he was getting subbed out with another cornerback or a safety, and I just... I don't think Oren Burks is a bad football player. I just don't think he fits what the Packers were doing this past season. And I don't know, maybe that'll change with the new um, coaching staff coming in, like I said. But it's, again, one season, tough to really get a you know gauge on it. I know he's kind of one of those, they brought him in lo and behold in the third round because he was one of those type hybrid type guys just mm-hmm. like when they brought in josh jones last year you know obviously he's more of a safety but you know still played up in the box quite a bit um in sub packages oren Burks probably could be a safety but he plays linebacker it's just one of those things um fun fact i did see oren Burks at a farmer's market like back in august and dudes huge stuck out of the crowd <laughs> not really tough to believe but i think there was actually like a I think there was an actually an away game like that following Thursday or that next day, and he was not there. That was just a weird thing. I think that's when he hurt his hand. But Oren Burks, we'll see what you get out of him. I'm not too, you know, not too upset about it, but hopefully you see him at least take a step forward come next year.
2: Yeah, I would hope so. So um, next on my list is James Crawford. Mm-hmm. Didn't really see much of him. No. So we won't.
1: He got really in there a little bit. Um, yeah. Nothing huge. Uh, I believe he was a rookie this year. Didn't see a lot of playing time, but I mean, just a body. Um, yeah, I don't really much to say about James Crawford, unfortunately. I wish I did.
2: Yeah. So we'll move on to Antonio Morrison, mm-hmm. who actually is kind of a big name right now yes. for the linebacking crew. Absolutely.
1: I like Antonio Morrison. Um, I When the Packers got him, I think I actually, I think it was the first episode we recorded where we had. Maybe technical issues or something was wrong, and I had to record by myself. And so I'm sitting there, like, all right, well, I'm gonna look up some of these guys they've got because I gotta, I gotta, I mean, I gotta, I gotta fill the, the audio here. So I'm looking yeah. up, and I think they had Tony Brown that day. They got back in August, which was like, Tony Brown turned into a stud. I like Tony Brown, and I believe Antonio Morrison was one of them. And that guy, he's nuts. Like him playing next to Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez is kind of like the safe safety net for inside linebacker. Antonio Morrison flies around the field. I mean, he is just doesn't care if if Kentrell Bryce is the hard hitting, just missile at safety. Antonio Morrison is that at linebacker. Um, he's going to fill a hole every single time, um, whether or not it's you know head up, head down, and he's going to he's going to take the brunt of the hit no matter what and. I think him next to Blake Martinez is a a solid one-two punch. It's
2: a gritty gritty (laughs) linebacker.
1: Good word. He he was signed to a two-year deal in 2018, so he's got one year left in 2019, making next to nothing as far as pay. So I would imagine he's going to keep up that intensity. I, I don't think he got banged up too much throughout the year. I think he played in most games. If He didn't start them all, but he played in every single game. Yeah,
2: I think uh, looking at my notes here, he had the second most tackles behind Martinez. Sure. 48 total tackles, mm-hmm. uh, 26 solo. Yep. So that's...
1: And he had a sack actually, in there, it looks like. Yeah,
2: he did actually have a sack. So he's kind of trying to make his mark in here, uh, play big. And, yeah, I do. I feel like I remember early, early on trying to find something about him and we couldn't find couldn't find much about
1: him. No, I mean, he was... I think he led the Colts in tackles in the 2017 season. Um But, I mean, again, inside linebacker, that's probably going to happen. I mean, you could look up all 32 inside linebackers, depending if it's a 4-3 or a 3-4 for a team, and you're like, all of them are going to be in the top 50 for tackles. It's just how it happens.
2: Yeah.
1: Um And as far as... <clears throat> Inside linebacker goes. I think it's safe to say, you know, you had talked about Nick Perry on IR. Let's flip it around a little bit. Jake Ryan IR. I would think it's, I mean, I would be shocked if Antonio Morrison isn't the starting inside linebacker next to Blake Ryan come, you know, May, June. I don't see Jake Ryan really doing much at this point for the Packers. Uh, he's a free agent after this year. Janelle is one of the three. Um, at the linebacker position. Do we see Jake Ryan on the roster next year?
0: This is a
2: tough call for me. Really? Um, I do. I mean, personally, I do like Jake Ryan. Okay. I think he's a great player. Um, I liked watching him and Blake Martinez sure. play together. Mm-hmm. But obviously that was a couple years ago. He's going to be coming off an ACL tear, which he suffered before the season even started. Mm-hmm. The 2017 season he had 72 total tackles, which... I mean, obviously, if you compare that year to the stats of the linebackers from this year, it's a pretty good number, Um, but he only had one sack. But as an inside linebacker, that's actually pretty, like, to get a sack is pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a tough call just because, I mean, he's fighting for the same position that Mm -hmm. Blake Martinez is playing in and Morrison, so I think he would almost have a better chance if he was an outside linebacker on IR Mm -hmm. versus an inside, because there is a lot of good talent. There's a lot of really good talent in both of them, but I feel like it'd be easier for him to try and win over a spot as the outside linebacker. If he was an outside
1: linebacker. Exactly, because,
2: I mean, with Clay Matthews, we don't know what will happen with him. Uh, Gilbert, he's kind of been there, so Mm -hmm. I think it would have been easier for him to kind of fight to get a spot in there rather than having to play behind Martinez and morrison and who knows what burks is going to mm. do in these next couple of years so. definitely
1: i think jake ryan i mean we saw that he wasn't the fleetest of foot before he had an acl injury and now he tears his acl so it's like yeah eh, i and doubt I, that's gonna help I doubt that's gonna help your speed there jake
2: the way they cut vince beagle mm-hmm. i i don't see them having a problem doing with jake ryan yeah even though they didn't see much from vince beagle because he did get hurt sure early on in his career Whereas Jake Ryan, like, they kind of can see what he's done. Um, I think looking, his his numbers were pretty similar in the 2016 season, and then he was a rookie the 2015 season. Mm-hmm. So him and Blake Martinez, same age. But, yeah, I mean, you don't know how a player's going to come back after that ACL tear. Uh, Tough to say. On, on a contract year, he's an unrestricted free agent right now. So uh-huh. as much as I would love to see him come back, I think... It's less. I think the chances of him not being on the team are higher than him being on the team.
1: Okay. Okay. I think honestly, it, it comes down to one of the guys I was raving about. and It's Antonio Morrison. I think yeah. that's his spot. I'm thinking of the backup in Oren Burks. Then, or, and just that's it. You have the three inside linebackers. Maybe you, got, you know I have a fourth one in James Crawford or you know another guy. Maybe he's draft or you know. Sign as a free agent, which we'll get into it a little bit here, but that's the way I see it. So let's, you know, let's transition a little bit to, you know, 2019. Um, right now, exactly how you said, Janelle. Good transition. Um, inside linebacking group is more solid. It's more solidified. We have a pretty good idea. I'd say Blake Martinez, Antonio Morrison. I would say Oren Burks at the backup. I think that's pretty fair on all mm-hmm. three accounts to say that's pretty solid. I would imagine they go maybe get a fourth one in the draft or free agency. Um, I don't think there's much debate there at this point. If someone wants to debate uh, at me, because I would really love to know <laughs> who you think would be in that group. But outside linebackers, um, we could discuss this for a while. I know Andy Herman, um, this following Monday, so you'll hear this podcast on Tuesday, so six days from then, he's actually going to talk about the edge rushers, so I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about what we're going to talk about right now. But um, outside linebackers are edge rush- edge rushers, so we got to talk about it. Right now it looks like to me, Kyler Fackerell is a starter. I don't think you can really you know, right now. Let me you know, let yeah. me let me defend this point. So he is a starter right now because obviously we left the season, he was a starter. Uh, Nick Perry's still on IR, you don't know when he's gonna come back and Clay Matthews is still on contract. That being said, that as that makes
2: the, him kind of the most solid in this position. It, he's exactly. the most secure like He has the highest chance of being back.
1: For sure. And even if, I mean, let's just say for some reason that the Packers decide to keep Nick Perry, it would make sense money wise. Like, okay, you know, we don't want to, we're only two, you know, this is our third year out of a five year deal. Maybe he's going to come back healthy, whatever. So they, you know, they keep Nick Perry, they keep Kyler, and somehow they signed clay matthews to a team friendly deal which i think is the big thing for every packer fan out there i think they do not want to see another 10 year or excuse me a 10 million dollar per year contract 11 million dollar per year contract when he's going to be 32 33 years old so even if both those things happen those hypotheticals perry's back clay's back like i still think kyler Fackler is your starter with nick perry coming off an injury i don't think that's a like You know, I just convinced myself. I think that actually all makes sense. Yeah,
2: (laughs) And I'm really not going to argue with you. I mean, I'm not only saying that because, like, obviously, Crackle won everybody over, and a Mm -hmm. lot of people are kind of, like, thinking that there's too much hype. But statistically and, like, watching him, I think he's earned this position. Mm -hmm. I think he's earned the position of a starter. And, yes, a lot of those sacks did come against really weak offensive line teams, really um yeah he was just able to find those holes but why couldn't anyone else find it right how is it that he's getting through so if you want to make that argument that oh well he got sacks against weak teams well how come he's the only one doing it
1: for sure um so
2: how come your inside linebacker has more sacks than your edge rushers
1: exactly exactly um someone else on the outside that we didn't really mention which it's fine kendall donerson seventh round pick from this last year Kind of a freak. I know there's a lot of people that we do the Pack a Day podcast with. They're huge on him. Want to see him get some playing time in week sixteen, seventeen. Maybe he competes for a spot there too. But I think he kind of falls into that same thing as Reggie Gilbert. They're both physical specimens, but does that translate into you being a good football player? Exactly. We'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll
2: see how like the schemes of defense work this year too.
1: Absolutely. Um, you have, like I said, Mike Pettin will be there in his the second year. He's going to adapt a little bit. Uh, new uh. New linebacker coach Kirk Olavadi, Kirk Olavidati. i want to say Olavadipo—that's <laughs> Victor. So I would—I mean, there's holes, though, Janelle. Let's get back here. There's there's yeah, holes we, in this we defense. Gotta there
2: for a second. We did about Kyler. Yeah, yeah no, we're trying. We're trying. Fifth
1: or sixth time we brought him up. So outside linebackers, it's like you have to go get someone because in my mind, I mean, I was. You know, really trying to make it like a, a case for let's let's have the Packers keep Perry and Matthews but honestly I think Perry's gone do you think Perry's gone
2: I I mean personally I would hope so
1: okay so you want him gone all right yes. can cross <laughs> Nick Perry off the roster and I uh, would
2: take Clay Matthews at a very very cheap cost
1: what's cheap because he was like I said he was getting 60 million dollars for five years So it was Ten minute, like.
2: I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough
1: to know the going rate of outside linebackers because everything goes up. He'd
2: be pretty close to like league minimum for a veteran.
1: League minimum? I think it's okay, more not, than that.
2: Not not quite league minimum. I'm okay. gonna do him a little bit more justice than that, but he's definitely not worth another big contract. No, and, and I, I don't think, think the thing is is I think it would come down to would he rather stay with the Packers for less or go try it? Because I somebody would probably pay him.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like he
2: could easily go make the money somewhere else. So, one hundred percent. I think I I didn't mean to like offend him by saying league minimum, but I think at a cheap cost is what we would need to bring him bring him in for because, and it would have to he would have to be willing to take that. I
1: mean, yes.
2: But again, we have to think about like,
1: and I think yeah, I'm gonna
2: bring Jordy into it, but like think about what they offered him. Somebody who probably could have brought a little bit more to the table than what Clay Matthews brings, so they might op- they might offer him something like that.
1: It's a pretty similar situation, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, a, a fan Jordy, favorite, exactly. uh,
2: somebody who's been with the team, has a Super Bowl ring mm-hmm, with us, mm-hmm. was definitely one of the best when he was in his prime. Yes. Uh, so I think, uh, obvious pay cut, but I would love to see him come back, yeah. just because he's one of those veterans that... I think is important to have on the team but he could easily go make a lot more money with another team there's other teams that would be willing to pay for him but that being said like that's the business of free agency so you and i kind of were talking earlier i was at work and on my Mm -hmm. break we were kind of texting back and forth like looking at free agents in in the whole league Mm -hmm. and there's a couple names that stood out to both you and i Mm -hmm. and what were they the first one for me, I know I this is probably exactly how I texted it to you. I don't like this guy, mm-hmm. but I would rather play, have him play for us than have to play him twice a year. And that man is Anthony Barr. I thought
1: you are going to say Cleo Mack. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah,
2: I would love to have him, but Anthony Barr is a free agent, and I don't think I'll ever forgive him for what happened, but he scares me.
0: Yeah, he's a beast. Like, I,
2: I hate to say that because I know I have beef with every all my – Viking fan friends mm-hmm. at home, but I would rather have Anthony Barr play for us than have to play him twice a year because, obviously, he can do some damage. He He's scary. I don't like the fact that we have to play him twice a year and Khalil Mack twice a year. Not
1: good. So Not good.
2: Anthony Barr, I think, would be great to chase in free agency. I think
1: it would be a good one to have. Um, Anthony Barr, I think, statistically was down a little bit this year. Um, and I would be... So shocked if he was still a Viking next year, just with all these young guys they have on that, that defense, um, the young receivers, you got Dalvin Cook. I mean, the money they're obviously playing, Kirk Cousins. It's They're not going to be able to sign Anthony Barr. I, I just don't think that's even a I possibility. I think he's going to cost too much. I think he's going to cost quite a bit. Um, I mean, for what you're going to get from him, too. Like, he, again, I, th- I believe everything I remember from this year and then you know this year's past, in comparison, his statistics were not up to up to snuff, uh, but I think it's a good name. I mean, there's a uh, Jadavian Clowney is 100 percent the top outside linebacker yeah, he's in free agency. One
2: that caught my eye
1: for sure. Uh, defense. I mean, I would say it's probably like him and Landon Collins up there right now on the defensive side. Um, I mean, he's gonna. I was you know I'm using a couple of websites. I like to use Spotrac is really really good for contracts. If anyone doesn't know about that, I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, but fair market, they're saying he's getting about $16.6 million, more than likely getting like a $100 million contract over, I think it was six years. So the problem that the Packers and many, many, many other football teams get into, uh, not the Rams actually, and not the Patriots, are that they pay their quarterbacks too much. Um, the formula currently is draft a quarterback, have him for Three, four, five years before you have to pay him big, and hopefully you can put some guys around him to get to a Super Bowl. Or you're Tom Brady, and you play until you're 40, and you just take pay cuts, pay cuts, because you want people around you. You're you're um, you're selfless. But paying someone like Jadavian Clowney and Aaron Rodgers, I just don't see it being feasible. It's it sucks, but that's the position you put yourself in. Having Aaron Rodgers, having to pay him. You know, kind of having pushed it down the road a little bit too often to do that. So, I think it's it would be awesome. Jadavion Clowney would be incredible to have, but I think, as you said, Janelle falling maybe into that maybe that second tier, maybe it's a third tier of Anthony Barr. I think is more realistic. So, we we're all the way at you know at the top of the mountain with Jadavion Clowney. It's work our way down back to the base of the hill. I would say D Ford falls in there somewhere as well. Um, even though he cost his team possibly their season on Sunday with the offsides penalty. Um, Thomas Davis uh, actually had a pretty emotional um, social media post last week about how the Panthers aren't bringing him back. Also very injury-prone throughout his career, but every time has came back and been productive. Very strange. Uh, Shaq Barrett from the Broncos, maybe an outside linebacker. He's not seeming to fit in there. They've drafted a couple guys, and he just doesn't seem that he's getting a lot of playing time. Um, Preston Smith. Which I was kind of digging all around a little bit was on the is uh, a linebacker for the Redskins will be a free agent so has I guess familiarity with the new outside or with the new linebacker coach um, you know possibly he could come in be an outside linebacker force there's names out there that I see but I, I I see like a gap I see it's like Jadavian Clowney D Ford bars somewhere in the middle and then it, it kind of just falls off a little bit from there. Um, you know, I, there's a bunch of other names I've seen out, as far as outside linebackers. or anyone that I'm missing that you saw or any of the names I mentioned, Janelle, that you think are like, I really like that guy?
2: Um, you kind of checked off all the ones I was thinking okay. of. Yeah, there's only maybe three that I really saw and I was just like, I want to get that guy. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe it was just Anthony Barr or mm-hmm. County, which one more realistic than mm-hmm. the other, obviously. But, yeah, I... I'm kind of I'm curious as to how much they're gonna ex, like dig into um, the linebackers in free agency. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they don't go out and get another tight end because that seems to be the only thing they ever get in don't free do, agency. Don't do that. Yeah. Which I'm kind of sick of. Absolutely. Um, and unfortunately, they did get Mo Wilkerson last year, and then he got hurt. So one of our big hype guys during free agency yeah. didn't get to play too much. But I would love to see an edge rusher come in, an outside linebacker. Maybe even inside linebacker. I don't know. You can play around with position wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Clay has bounced back and forth between yep. inside and outside. Yep. Yep. So there is a lot of players that can be diverse in both roles. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see somebody come in and just be be a threat. Mm-hmm. I want somebody that teams come in and they're scared. Like we don't need someone as aggressive as Khalil Mack or like Luke Keekley but or JJ Watt. Just I just want somebody that nobody wants to line up against
1: yeah i mean and
2: And that used to be clay matthews unfortunately it's not anymore but that comes with age so i want to get somebody else in there that can just kind of pose a threat and make a quarterback a little bit more worried kind of have that eye like corner of the eye like i wonder if that guy's coming or not so and a guy like that sometimes draws a little bit more pressure off the other side so for sure
1: and open up some more lanes for Kyler Sackrell then.
2: Exactly. So it, it all works out. <laughs> I'm looking
1: at all the linebackers. Um, like I'm just going down the list here, seeing these top guys. It looks like Clay Matthews might fall into like the fourth or fifth, as far as you know, talent wise, or wanting to get paid. Maybe you know six. He's he's in that top. You know, definitely top ten. Maybe just around the top five. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when some of these big names start going off the board, like a Jadavian Clowney, um, like a D Ford, um, to see where kind of they get slotted if the Packers don't get them. To, you know, to kind of dictate how Clay Matthews gets paid. Um, you'll remember this last year when Jordy Nelson um, was cut. Uh, what that was early on, right? Was that you know March April? Ma- yes. Okay. Because
2: it was literally like five minutes after they signed Jimmy Graham. So.
1: To that, to that same point, um, I imagine they're going to make a move to get Clay Matthews re-signed on a team-friendly deal before everyone hits the open market mm-hmm. and you know inflates what his contract should be. So thank you for remembering that. So yeah. I'm imagining Clay Matthews is going to get a contract off for the next you know, two, maybe, I would say two months is probably fair. And hopefully we'll have an idea if he's going to be a packer or not. Because if not, Janelle... The Packers miss out on Jadavian Clowney because he goes somewhere like the Jets, who have you know millions and millions to spend, or D. Ford resigns back to the the Chiefs. The Packers have to look towards the draft, and we won't spend too much time on the draft. But I think this these edge rushers that are coming into this draft, especially at the number twelve pick, obviously the Packers have the thirtieth picks, thanks to the Saints. Um, on Sunday night, but
2: thanks for the refs.
1: Thank I'm you, refs. Sorry. I was so
2: irritated with that call. But. It was
1: it was a terrible call, <laughs> terrible. awful call. Uh, but at the number twelve pick, um, I see four gentlemen, you know, possibly on the edge that the Packers should draft. Uh, maybe that's not the position that they should take, but for the uh, the purpose of this episode, it's to talk about our edge rushers, more specifically linebackers overall. So. I think it's safe to say I put out a poll maybe last week or two um, for the number one pick for the um, the Cardinals. It was right after Cliff Kingsbury was signed, and they said you know he was going to stick with Josh Rosen. But kind of wanted to get the feelers out there and get a lot of interaction. But I would say it was like fifty five percent Nick Bosa, so he's the number one pick, right? Easily, um, easily, hands down. I mean, he basically insurance poli- insurance policies himself halfway through the year for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and was like, I'm good. I'm just gonna you know. Figure out which size Cardinals hat I need. Um, So the other four guys out there as far as defense, I would say is Josh Allen for Kentucky. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I'll figure that out later on the road. Not important right now. Uh, The linebacker, Polite for the Florida Gators. Brian Burns for Florida State. And Devin White for LSU. I think all four of those guys are exactly what this linebacker, you know, edge position is turning into. Um, I think that's exactly what the Packers need for that 12th pick. I see a lot of value there with those guys. Um, the only problem I could see is there's not a lot of quarterbacks in this draft, and quarterbacks usually you know go pretty high, so that mm-hmm. might make these gentlemen get slotted higher. But I do think there are some highly rated defensive backs that would go. Um, Greedy Williams being one from LSU, teammate of Devin White. There's a couple other guys. Uh, Deontay Thompson. I've seen some rumors. Maybe he, you know, the Packers might pick him at 12. Um, you know, that'd be more of a discussion for, uh, on Thursday for when you hear Steve, Dusty, and Sarah, who's going to do her, I guess it would be her first episode for the Pack-A-Day podcast. First official host, not guest host. (laughs) But they're going to talk about the, um, the safety, so maybe they'll talk about him. But I think those four guys, Janelle, I don't know how deep you are into the, the draft. I had to dive in because I don't really like the draft, even around, before, after combine time, because everyone's like, oh, you know, Josh Allen, number two pick possibly. And then all of a sudden he runs a bad 40, and people are like, mm, outside the top ten. He went to Kentucky. Like, why did he go to Kentucky? Why didn't he go to a different SEC school? And it's just like this whole snowball. So do you, do you have any opinion? Did you watch any of the guys in the bowl game? Anything like that? And seen anything? Um, do they honestly, draft outside linebacker? Honestly, I,
2: I don't pay too much attention to all those mock drafts because they never – Work out the way that they're gonna anyways. There's always one team that jumps the jumps the gun on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of wait till it gets a little bit closer till I've kind of seen uh, combines, and I don't base everything off the combine because no. like some people just don't perform like mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of those people growing up, horrible at tryouts, but could play the game well. So sure. you can't always base all that stuff. You on told the them to combine. check the tape
1: on you then. Exactly. Check the tape. Yeah. Always check
2: the tape, but. I I really hope that if they don't explore free agency options for linebackers, inside outside edge rushers, whatever, that they attack it in the draft. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really important piece because I'm sick of seeing them spend their draft picks on DBs. Like it it's taken about five years to get an Alexander. Yeah, so. I'm kind of sick of that. Um, it's predictable. They can get it with their thirtieth pick if they want, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. attack an edge rusher. Like I just, I, like I said, I want somebody that makes a quarterback a little bit scared mm-hmm. every time they have to go take a snap. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I would definitely. I haven't really watched any tape on these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know much about them. I
1: haven't watched a lot either. I'm going to be yeah. brutally honest with you. Uh, I know Josh Allen was, you know, it's very talked about. I doubt he'd Josh end up. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. He's, that's his name. Josh Allen for Kentucky. Really? Yeah, same guy, different guy. Um, same guy he,
2: but different guy. He's
1: probably gonna be a top five pick, so I doubt he would be there even for the Packers. But the other three, um, I would say Devin White. I watched a little bit at LSU this year.
2: You were for, kind of talking of, talking about Burns a little bit. Burns. Before we
1: started well, recording. Oh, I like, yeah, I like Burns for two reasons. One's he's like just a freak, like physically. And I like Florida State, so I'm kind of biased okay, that so way. a little
2: bit biased. But
1: uh, the polite kid from Florida is also really good. I think any of those you know, four would be great. Taper my expectations down. Everyone besides Josh Allen makes sense for the Packers actually to have a chance at. But, again, like you said, we'll wait and see. Maybe someone will trade up. Who knows what's going to happen. I mean, Raiders have all these picks. <sighs> Who knows? I mean, yeah. Packers might even trade out of 12 and get... Trade out of the thirtieth spot and end up with six second round picks or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Who knows? That would that would be the way it usually goes. But yeah, I mean if they attack free agency, then I don't know what they would target with the twelfth pick.
1: I have um, no idea. I mean
2: Because I feel like this is kinda of one of those positions where it's like we need someone really good. For
1: sure. And so. I would think as far as needs, again we don't want to get too far here, we'll let everyone else talk about their positions or if they already have or going to, but I would say line you know, right side of the line is important, maybe another receiver, possibly a tight end. You know, defense, I would say every spot besides probably the defensive line needs help. So um, I don't think you'd get great value at the couple of, I mentioned in the first round. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. But um, this is the first episode, actually, of the defensive um, position reviews for from the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can listen to all the ones that happened this last week, mostly on offense Um, Zach and Jake talked about the GM spot on this past Sunday, and Andy actually had a cool interview with Tyler Mars, lineman for the Tennessee Titans, um, talking a little bit about Matt LaFleur and his time at Wisconsin. So the rest of the week, you're going to have Jake and Nick talking about the cornerbacks on Wednesday, which would be tomorrow. As I said, Steven Dusty, and Sarah will welcome her aboard to the team, talking about the safeties on Thursday. Andrew Murdig and Kyle will talk about the special teams on Friday, That'll actually be have to be hilarious. <laughs> Saturday is uh, Mike and Tyler talking about the coaching. And Sunday, Jake and Zach talking about the D-line. And then Andy will round it all out with the edge rushers and probably touch on a little bit of what we talked about today. So, Janelle, this is a really optimistic time for the Packers this year. Let's we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, Let's watch the Super Bowl, obviously. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. I'm pretty jacked. You have this new up-and-coming team versus... I guess the, the corners, dynasty. the cornerstone <laughs> of the NFL the last twenty years. So we'll see how that shakes out. And then after that, we kind of have a little bit of a lull, and then we just pick it right back up where it started. So make sure to turn in the Pack a Day podcast for all your Packers needs and, I guess, news. Uh, coaches seem to be coming in and out in the last few weeks, so there's always be something new that you'll have to turn tune into to listen to. Um, Janelle, where can they listen to all the podcasts and follow along?
2: Yeah, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, mm-hmm. it's on there. you can follow along on Twitter at packadaypodcast. Um actually I think it's just pack. Packadaypodcast.
1: Pack-a-day podcast.
2: Pack-a-day podcast. Pack-a-day. Yeah. yeah. Um I should know that. Well, sorry, it's a, we're recording on a Monday. Mm-hmm. It's one of those days, but yeah, you can follow along on there. Um that's where all the episodes get posted. Uh they'll let you know what's being released that day, so Twitter, definitely the best place to follow along. Uh, you can also follow it on Facebook. You can find Pack-A-Day Facebook page, follow along there. But basically anywhere you listen to a podcast, we'll be on there. Mm-hmm. So Sh-
1: Share with your friends, let them know. Um, I always like to say, you know, let Grandma, if Grandma's a Packers fan, get Grandma hooked up. She might not have a smartphone, but maybe sit down and listen to her. Um, you guys can always review, comment, like, subscribe, share, um, reshare, and you know, at anyone you want to figure out, you know, their opinion on certain things. Um you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F R A underscore. You can find Janelle on Twitter at Big Mac M A C K underscore four. Um Janelle also just joined who did you join?
2: Pack to the Future. Pack to the Future. Yep. I will be writing for them. So shortly you'll probably be able to start reading my content, content on there. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting for me.
1: Awesome, that's really cool. Um, but again, great to be back, Janelle. I think two weeks ago when we were supposed to record, we were figuring out how many weeks it was off, and then we had two more weeks off. So yeah, we're... I don't
2: think we've recorded since before Christmas. Before Christmas. So it's been a, it's been a minute. It's been good. So we kind of had a longer episode today. Hopefully. We had the
1: energy. We were prepped. Yeah, we
2: we did have the energy. Talk about Kyler Fackrell and the guys that play next to
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once again, this was the Pack a Day podcast, episode 181. Your position reviews uh, on the linebackers, Janelle. The I guess the season's over, but it's always Packer season in my mind.
2: Exactly. There is no off season.
1: Every day's game day. And what do we say at the end of every episode? From the
0: 16 at New York, first down, goal to go. Rogers in the shotgun. Williams to his left. Here's the snap. Rogers clean pocket. Throws the middle of the end. And a dagger! They beat Morris Playboard. In the back line in the end zone, the Packers are blooded. Snap to Wild. Oh, oh yes! And taken by Jackson in the end zone for a touchdown! Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison! Josh Jackson, the rookie, recovers in the end zone in a land ball leap to the north end zone stand. The Packers have a 6-0 lead. Befford on third, down to three in the shotgun. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Befford looking. And as he throws it, deep down the right sideline. And there's Snapkin on the plate. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Sniff to Rogers looking right. Throws the right side. Think Brown makes the tackle. He's ready Oh, he reached back together gather it Losing all six, five of his frame, tumbled out of bounds inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. Yes. It is good. Mason yes. Yes. It trophy trophy. There he is good. Delivers the dagger! Goes. One week after his worst day ever. He delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five, 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap! Ryan looks right close, right to the go. goal. It. to the house. Pshaw! Freeland touchdown! Green Bay Packers, 19-yard interception return, and it's 16 to seven, Packers. And Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on. They pick it up, locking it. They got him! They, they got him! Touchdown, left-hand, Leonard 40 yards. Single back off, that's behind Aaron Rodgers, he ducks it under center. Well, 29 in Green Bay, and here's the handoff of the Good ball, straight ahead, he ahead. Jones, up to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds, inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami, Aaron Jones with a first 67 yards.